Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of Speak Out. My name is Christopher. I use he, him, and Zizem pronouns. And I'm Gita. I use they and them. And today for episode four, we are going to be talking about queer media and queer representation. I actually have some spicy takes about this. <laughs> this is the episode that will get outright canceled. No, no uh, but... Real. For real, we're gonna be we're gonna be getting controversial. Um, so if you don't want to hear that, maybe plug your ears. Um, but yeah, so we have a list of characters each in kind of a good, bad, uh, and head cannons we wish uh, existed categories. Um, and we'll just kind of go through them willy nilly, uh, get our opinions on them and stuff. Uh, but first, I would just like to welcome everyone back after. A very long and deserved winter break that has been now been over for two weeks. But uh, thank goodness. And uh, thank you for sticking with us. We've gotten like 14 streams on Spotify. One of our videos got 50 views. We're getting there. We're climbing the cr- climbing the podcast ladder. Um, so thank you so much. But Judah, would you like to go first? Pick pick whatever. Pick from the hat of the doc we've got here. I'm actually going to start with one that kind of really surprised me. Um, the, the show on Netflix was canceled, unfortunately, last sometime last year. It was called Hentified. Um, it's a show about Latinx Americans in Los Angeles trying to save their neighborhood of Boyle Heights from being gentrified, hence the name. Um, and one of the characters in the show is lesbian. <gasps> I... And I start with this one because it's complicated, right? Like, I don't want to villainize my community, but there are hardly any discussions about queerness within the community. I think it becomes a very, like, us or them type thing. And that's not necessarily the case. You can be both, uh, <laughs> believe Impos- it or not. Impossible. And this is actually one of the first times, too, that I've seen two BIPOC women or two women of color in within a relationship. I've seen women of color paired up with other white women, white women paired up with other white women, but never have I had I seen two women of color, you know, in a loving, trusting relationship with one another. Um, but yeah, it was actually honestly really refreshing. There are some problems that the show tries to address. And unfortunately, they never get resolved because it was canceled. <laughs> it was Netflix's canceled. classic treatment of lesbians. Uh, no, no, no. Um, yeah, it was canceled um, because there's this huge conflict between, you know, there's one character, um, not Jessica. Oh, I can't remember her name. Fucking, oh, I feel like you told me about this and you also thought her name was Jessica. Some, um, some other white lady name or something. Her name's not, it's something, but um, in, in this show, it's kind of like a, the relationship serves a very specific purpose. It's to show kind of like, as this character becomes more and more entrenched in the art world, uh, she has to choose between her neighborhood and her girlfriend who fights for this neighborhood, right? Versus her career as an artist. It's a very hard, it's a very hard conversation. Because artists obviously don't get appreciated as much as they do. Um, But yeah, honestly, I was like, it was honestly really refreshing. And I'm really sad that it was canceled because now we don't have a a conclusive 
end to their relationship. Now I have to rely of... on AO3. Yeah, exactly. That's unfortunate. <laughs> what did you say was on Netflix? Uh, it's called Hentified. It's on Netflix. Um, it's it's two seasons. Um, I feel like they had a feeling that they were going to get canceled, so Ugh. they they kind of tried to end it, you know, nicely, but and like try to wrap it up in a bow, but it was still very what's the word unfinished the present was poorly wrapped yeah it was poorly exactly there you go it's a poorly wrapped present um but yeah honestly good a good one i want to start with that one because that one was honestly near and dear to my heart and i'm really sad it was canceled um we're hoping a a moment of silence yeah literally a moment of silence because that show was my life i liked it a little bit better than one day at a time I think One Day at a Time had a very sanitized version of queerness, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but that's everything. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of like everything that we get. And this was kind of messy. It was messy. It was. It felt more real. It felt more grounded in, in reality. Um, but yeah. Nice, nice. That's a good first example. I guess I can also start with a good example. I'm also going to make sure that my computer is on do not disturb so that none of my notifications are super loud so let's do that real quick do not disturb there we go um but yeah my so my favorite show of all time you can judge me if you want is amc's the walking dead anyone who knows me knows this i have an amc walking dead art wall in my apartment are you making fun of me? We have a guest with us today, by the way. One of our uh, one of our staff members who wanted to sit in on the podcast. Uh, and I, I sat through Chris's excellent but definitely fifteen minute monologue about The Walking Dead yesterday. Yesterday, so when we were when enjoy. we were uh, going through what to, uh, representation examples for this uh, for this episode. But uh, starting with the good, I think this. I wrote a I wrote a whole essay about it. For of course, I did. For my politics and entertainment class I took, a, I think it was last year. And um, one thing I love about The Walking Dead is, like, uh, people are just allowed to exist. So, like, there's remnants of the old world. Like, the first gay couple we meet are these two lovely guys named Aaron and Eric. Of course, a cis white gay couple, but I feel like it's pretty well done in um, this show. And they're living in, basically, it was a gated community that during when the apocalypse hit they built up the walls and everybody just lived in this gated community with these like beautiful houses and stuff supposed to be its own like self-sustaining thing and our survivors get there and they've like finally found a safe place and they have this big dinner celebration um but there's like very realistic backhanded homophobia from the people like the world has ended you know, marriage doesn't exist anymore there's no you know social boundaries or anything like that but there's still like these old rich people who, you know, were like this before and are still like this now still treat this very, like, tame, I would say, gay couple like their others. And there's this this honestly kind of beautiful scene, um, which when we get into headcanons, I'll get more into why I love it so much. But it's Aaron and Eric eating spaghetti with Daryl, who um, is like kind of like a feral loner type, who, as I said, uh, headcanon, this man is aromantic. For fucking sure. Like, Jesus, I've never seen a more aromantic character without the name. Um, But it's like these two very proper gays eating spaghetti while this guy is like has no manners and is but is just as is outcast as him, but for as them, but for other reasons. And 
yeah, there's like they don't ignore that like queerness can cause issues because of the way that people act towards gay people. But it's never like like their storyline isn't there's homophobia in this society. It's these two guys happen to be gay in the zombie apocalypse and then these people won't get over it. And then they get <laughs> they get their own like beautiful love story and um un- like I don't want to call anything that happens in this show bury your gaze because everybody dies. Yeah, I was like that that'd be a bit unfair. <laughs> yeah, so, it, is, it is a zombie apocalypse. Like, yeah, all the gay couples <laughs> die, but so does everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, there's that gay couple, which if you watch the show, they do have a very tragic end. Although Aaron does make it to the end of the show, um, and he also like acts as disabled representation because he becomes an amputee, and that's also a completely normal thing. So that's cool. Um, there's also several examples of lesbian couples. There's Yumiko and Magna from the later seasons, who were actually um, a lawyer and a convict from before the apocalypse who fell in love. Um, and then there's also Tara and Denise, who um, are just like these shot, like one of the, one. It's like extrovert, introvert uh, type dynamic. And one's trying to get over her like social anxiety and trying to be like confident enough to be the doctor of the town when not feeling as qualified. And then Tara's like the get out there and go do something, have initiative. Um, and of course, they also have a tragic end, as does everybody. Um, but it's just I love a show that allows queer people to exist. And there's no like at least the main group is not judgmental. Like there's never like a thing where um, like Rick points out like, oh, Aaron's gay, <laughs> you know, like it's just they, they just exist in the show. And yeah, that's that's part of why I love it. It's, it's similar with like how kind of well, besides the first season where they said the N word three times because of the friggin showrunner decided that's how they need to portray racism um, after that guy left. Sorry, Frank Darabont. I don't give a fuck about you. You really didn't need to do that. Um, like, besides that, it's like the only show where I've seen only people of color be the ones to get out of a situation alive. Like, it's a cliche in the horror genre that, like, the black guy's going to die first. And that's right. like Jordan Peele plays with that in all of his movies, right? right. That, like, the black main characters make it. And that subversion is like something you ne- like you rarely ever see like even now so it's no i agree it's I really agree. cool that that i think that show explores that a little bit um interesting. but yeah everybody watch it all 11 seasons are on are on netflix um but yeah jesus dude you didn't there's like a they have like a nazi character in like the beginning of the show and then people like complain that that showrunner left and i'm like well he wrote that and also all of the women in the first season and a half are like the most pathetic personality lists stereotypes you could ever imagine um so maybe it's good that he left um maybe maybe um, it's a, there's you know. a slight possibility that it could have improved things uh, but to be fair the source material also treats women like shit which is another thing i wrote about in the essay so they've improved past what robert kirkman decided to write his women as um Thank goodness. But yeah, that's that's one of my examples. Wow. You want to talk about Harry Potter next? Oh, Since geez. We both, we, both, we both have a bad one from oh, Harry God. Potter. Oh, God. So I don't know if it's a headcanon because I don't think it's ever been confirmed. Also, uh, content warning for transphobia because this will get very intense. I hate the woman. <laughs> Like, let me get this out of the way. I'm not talking about Harry Potter because I want to, but because I think it's necessary to kind of, like, 
especially for people who are like, oh my God, JK Rowling's homophobic. I never knew. And like, this is kind of like one of like the earliest examples. So he was watching a video. Um, I think it's Sean Vids, but correct me if I'm wrong. He did a video on Harry Potter and kind of like the politics of Harry Potter. And he mentioned something really interesting about the character Rita Skeeter, uh, who was a character in the second book. Second she's in a couple book. of them. She's in, yeah, she's I think in a she's couple also of them, in uh, the Goblet of Fire. Yeah. Yes, I think that's where she mainly, it's the Goblet of Fire that she mainly gets. I don't know why I thought Chamber of Secrets. It doesn't matter. The point is that Rita Skeeter is the way if you read like the book, it's very clear that J.K. Rowling wrote her to be MTF. Like her version, like her, her version of a trans woman. And I say that because it it is all like Rita Skeeter is all the turf stereotypes put into like one person, and you're supposed to hate this character. Mm. Like you're supposed to hate Rita Skeeter. Like she is this annoying uh pop like she's this annoying like paparazzi esque character who writes all these like exposés on you know Harry Potter and the gang and all of that jazz. Um, but the way she's described, she's described as having bigger hands. Mannish hands. Yeah, yeah. Say, yeah, yeah, mannish hands. She's described as having, like, a, a strong jawline, which, by the way, uh, I saw a, a Twitter post, sorry to sidetrack, I saw a Twitter post about how a lot of cis women are now having a lot of body insecurity because TERFs are tagging them as trans women. Oh, my God. Um... Let's because hmm, I it's rough, it's rough out here. Um, anyways, also side note: trans women, you are beautiful. Well, don't Your strong jawlines if you have them. Yeah, and Hot if you have hell. strong, yes, I love a strong jawline. Um, anyways, back to Rita Skeeter. So yeah, she's characterized to be this kind of like it's very obvious that she's supposed to be a trans woman, or at least Rowling's really messed up version of a trans woman. Um, she also um, turns into a beetle so she can spy on children. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is another one too. And she like she she folds in the end because they're like, we'll tell the government that you turn into a beetle and spy on children. And she's like, oh shit! So she stops being evil. Exactly. That's why. <laughs> like, like I know there's probably be somebody like, oh, is that was that really Rita Skeeter? And I'm gonna be like, yes. That was, if you go back in the book, that is how Rita Skeeter... Read those very well-written, yeah. aged fantastically books. It know. aged so bad. <laughs> I was like, honestly, I'm so embarrassed to have been a Harry Potter fan. It's, it's real. I have a sorting hat, Build-A-Bear I have. I used to... I got rid of it. I used to have a Ravenclaw cardigan that I used to wear, and I had, I think... I it's think a, I still have one of the Harry Potter wands hmm. that I bought. Because they're from, so expensive. They like, I don't expensive. want to throw it out, but I'm not going to fucking Yeah, I'm not going to gonna use it. Like, But, Ugh. like, yeah. And also the discourse around the game. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, on... Sorry if that just peaked the audio. Um, The fucking... There was this really funny TikTok that was, like, me deciding if I should spend $60 on a transphobes game or be a... Or support the trans community. I am a very smart person. And it's like a guy like sitting really thinking about it. I think and- what's funny to me is the fact that people are like, I'm going to buy the game anyway. And it's like, fine. I didn't need to know that. 
You didn't need you know, to tell you don't me have that. To tell, you can just be. You can just <laughs> have the game. I wouldn't have known any better. Like plenty of people. Asshole in private. Yeah, in private. No, like plenty of people still watch PewDiePie and don't give a fuck. Like you don't have to tell everyone about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you don't need, you don't need to air it out on Twitter. You know, you can just buy. Nobody's like the thing is the crazy part is that like nobody is stopping anyone from buying the game. I think most people are just saying, hey, you should be aware that when you buy this game, you're supporting J.K. Rowling, and it's probably best if you boycott it. Yeah, people. Don't I, I commented on one of those posts where it's like a lot of the people who are like, like will die on the hill of I should have the right to buy this shitty game, uh, which is about um, stopping a goblin uprising, which we can get into if we want to. I wonder who the goblins are supposed to be. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I was like, the hardest thing that these people have had to go through is getting another hobby. Like, I, I promise people are like. You know, what's what's sad is like a lot of um, I I will say AFAB in this case, because I haven't yet seen an example of like um, like AMAB trans people with the same opinion, but it's the Internet. I'm sure it exists somewhere, but I've seen a, like a disproportionate amount of like AFAB non-binary people on TikTok or like people or I guess trans not affected by trans misogyny, oh, there you trans, go. trans misogyny. Um, what's it called? Transmisogyny exempt. Exempt. That's, that's yes. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that, We do need to have a conversation about that because I guess we can save it for a future episode yeah. because people but, think that being called transmisogyny exempt is like a... You don't experience transphobia. Yeah. But that's it's, not it's what different. people are saying. People are saying that's a lot different yeah. for trans women, that it's a lot more dangerous for mm-hmm. trans women because historically they have been... Historically... There's statistics to back this up. There have been more trans women that have been killed. And imprisoned. And imprisoned. And, assaulted. and yeah. it's just like a whole entire thing. Anyways, continue. Yeah, I was just these. So a lot of I'll, I'll reword to say trans misogyny exempt trans people, usually white trans people also. Um, will be like, oh, well, this has been my interest since I was six years old. And like you're taking away my childhood from me like very you know everybody's kind of heard it like this is my thing and you're taking it away from me and it's like i'm sorry i will bully you like i'm just gonna like uh, first of all like if you're i'm sorry if not to roast you if you're like past your teen years and harry potter is a fundamental part of your personality still i challenge you to find some like that's just, I don't the, know, it's the, a little embarrassing at this point. <laughs> is that there's so many other new, there's so many new, like, the fantasy, fantasy, yeah. fantasy scene, the fantasy scene is growing in diversity. There's so many new fantasy stories up there, so many queer fantasy stories that you can gravitate towards, and instead you choose Harry Potter. Yeah, this, this, I, I it, promise it'll only hurt for, like, a couple weeks, and then you'll get over it. Right. But, uh... But yeah, I, we're spending a lot of time on Harry Potter yeah, if we, we want to move, move on. on. But um, also Dumbledore being gay. I just want to mention, I don't even know why she bothered saying that after the books came out. Because the only thing we see him uh, slightly being attracted to men is his weird favoritism with Harry Potter, who is a child. So I wonder what she thinks about gay people. Uh, and the AIDS allegory with werewolves, who oh, the werewolf attacks. You could just kids. have a whole episode on like, <laughs> the the dog whistles in Harry Potter. Yeah, don't buy so the games, guys, please. Intense. I will give you an option for a good 
game. Oh, good idea. It is accidental. There's actually, I can actually prove this because it's actually been said that it was an accident. A good accident, nonetheless. Happy accidents. Happy accidents. Skyrim. (gasps) In Skyrim, you can marry. So the problem, there's a lot of problems with Skyrim. Like, I could go through it all day. But you can marry somebody of the same gender. So they only have two genders, right? Like, there's no in in between. But also, this game was made in, like, 2011. Or even earlier than that. Even earlier, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not gonna like harp on it too much. You only have pretty much woman, man, but you can marry <laughs> man like, in skull hat. You can marry people of the same gender. Ooh. Um, they had done it originally because supposedly it was just easier that way. So they didn't actually do it as <laughs> oh, like to a, like instead of like yeah, refusing. So you it from wasn't doing like it. a political statement. It wasn't like Bethesda was like, oh, we're dying for gay rights now. <laughs> Right? Because at the time, I think people were still... Because gay marriage didn't get legalized until 2015. Um, and I think at that point, people were still organizing around gay marriage. Um, but Bethesda, as a gaming... They, were, they, did, they don't really care. They didn't really care about that. So I think this was like... Like I said, like this was like a complete accident. They were kind of just like, well, it's easier to just code everything pretty much the same. Um, so that's what they did. And so now you can marry, like, my characters can marry whoever they want. Sims, Sims is also the same thing, too, I think. Um, similarly, I guess, Sims. Sims 4 changed it a bit. I think Sims 3, it was kind of an accident. Sims 4 was able to create a... Um, We good? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, if if I'm skipping out on audio, I'll get it from the. It's the Wi-Fi is being terrible again. All right, no worries. Just wanted to make sure we were we were good. Um, yeah. Sims, The Sims Four has also been a pinnacle for. Oh yeah, all the flags rep- and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, the uh, Maxis, the company. I'm actually really surprised because I didn't think EA would be that open to doing all of that. And they still there's still not a lot of flags like on there. Like they're not gonna, they didn't catch the breath. Of flags that we have in the community, but they got quite a few of them. But I they did. Say. They did have a lot of them. They even had the ally flag, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and also in Sims Two, you can also marry people of the same gender and have families. It's actually really cute. Yeah. What's up? You just lost the stream. Yeah, I sensed that. Yeah. We are recording on like an iPad and my phone, so but yeah, yeah. no worries. Thanks for letting us know. Okay, it's not me then. Well, the I can say whatever I want. Now, you, <laughs> now, Jake, you can say whatever. Um, canceled. I guess there's no point in speaking into the microphone anymore, but I kind of like sitting here and it looks professional on the video. Um, but for people listening, uh, if there's a severe drop in quality about 30 minutes in, uh, our, I think, uh, I think his name's Lucas. Lucas just told us that the stream dropped, but that's okay. Okay. We've had worse problems. We've, oh, yes. Yes. At least had... Judah sounds good in my ears. You, um, you sound fine, too. I mean, I'm not I'm not sensing any problems. But also, I don't know what that means internally. I don't have anybody who's listening on stream right now. I could be like, yes, it is going well. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. It's uh, okay. We're making queer. You know what? We're making queer we representation are making queer, right now yes. in the podcast realm. Talk about that. Yeah. Yes. We're trying. 
her drag is so hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I we love we love the Sims. Shout out to the Sims. Shout out to Skyrim, I guess, which is because I feel like they're like it's way too complicated for it me is. to say. I, mean, I, I, I reject. It was. Yeah. It was honestly. I. I. I just. I don't want people to give this as the too much credit. Like I don't think what's his name, Tom. Todd Howard. Todd Howard. Todd I don't think Howard. Todd Howard sat there and was like, you know what, we're I gonna love do. Gay people. We're gonna be champing, championing gay rights. That's our company. And then they made like, a Discord bot out of him. Did they? <laughs> yeah, it's in like three servers I'm in. Oh my god! Of course. Todd um, Howard is so funny. What a funny, funny, funny guy. What a funny man. Um, um, but yeah, no, it was just easier. It was just easier for them to code everything the same. So that's what they did. Icon. Convenience gay? I appreciate it. Um, we could. So let's, here, let's talk about a complicated. I want to end with The Last of Us because I feel like it's very, very relevant and very sexy and very wonderful. Sexy in a cool way, not sexy in a, the characters are sexy because they're kids. Um, sorry, I made it weird. I don't know why I specified what I meant. I'm sure everybody knew what I meant. But anyways, um, Euphoria. Ruin Jewels. And... I have opinions about that. <laughs> because I read, so I read a them piece. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Not them, them. Oh, them. them. Just kidding. Sorry, yeah, fuck them. you, sorry, them. Get out of here. It's actually them. <laughs> I read a them piece about the Nate Jacobs bit. In oh, yeah. Play, and I had to disagree with it heavily. I think the implication that Nate Jacobs was homosexual because he liked jewels, like, really threw me off. I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's not... Because the implication with Nate Jacobs, sorry, I don't want to talk about Nate Jacobs a lot because we're talking about ruling jewels. The implication was that jewels is actually, like, like, jewels was a man. And mm. not a trans woman. Like it was, and I, I understood where they were coming from. I understood the point, but I was like, you could have just not mentioned jewels at all, um, because it is true. Nate does struggle with homosexuality throughout, like toxic masculinity. Yeah, toxic and masculinity, stuff. homosexuality, all of that. He he does struggle with that, but I think to mention jewels. As kind of like it's like jewels because that's really the only thing. Like right. he's uncomfortable being around like dicks in the locker room because right. his dad, like he found his dad's sex tapes when he was a child. Right. Like that's why it's not because he's like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't look because I'm I'm gay and I also like. I, <laughs> like so I had to like disagree with it because it's just with like, uh, her play, Lexi's Lexi's take or the not article. Lexi's take. I think Lexi's take was fine. It was very camp. I was I was fine. Like a lot of people were upset about it, but I was fine with it mostly because I don't think I think the argument that hit dogs will holler was kind of silly overall. Uh-huh. Because I think like not to give Lexi any credit or Sam <laughs> Levinson any credit at that. Ooh, Sam Levinson. <laughs> but like I think it was, I, I do truly think she was making fun of him and the fact that, you know, he does struggle with toxic masculinity. That whole bit was more, I think for me, was more about toxic masculinity than it was about his gayness mm-hmm. or his supposed gayness. I also think, too, that citing Jules as the reason for his gayness was kind of problematic. Like, I don't think 
Jules does not identify as a man. Jules is not a man. Jules is not a man. And also, Jules transitioned before a lot of people transitioned. Right, like, exactly. Of... I don't think Nate. I don't think Nate Jacobs clocked Jules. Apparently, I... like he he was supposed to in the first episode, and they took it out. Yeah, that he was supposed to. Clock yeah, him. he. The only reason he knows. The only reason he knows is because he saw the tape with Jules and his Ugh. dad, which yeah. is ill, by the way. I. What? Nate's dad, the whole thing at the, the end of the second season, baby. where, spoiler alert, the dad, like, escapes the family and hangs out with a bunch of gay people in a warehouse and then gets arrested and is sad about it. You had sex with a lot of children. It is Sorry, really, dude. It is really, it's like a really icky sequence. <laughs> but let's get to Ruin Jewels. The main Speaking couple. Of Jules, the main couple of, of Euphoria. That is, Euphor- like, Euphoria is centered around the relationship. And it's complicated. It's messy. You know, I will give Sam Levitz in that. It, it's messy. I do like messy. I know people are like, oh, well, we should have nice, healthy, queer things. But I feel like in a show that is messy, it's fine to have something Right. And it's I not also, like the only I thing. I also think, too, that, like, sometimes I think people want a sanitized version of queerness, but I don't think that's ever achievable hmm. because... There is no, a homophobe, a transphobe, a queerphobe, etc. is not. Angry that it's messy. Yeah, it's not <laughs> angry that it's messy. They're angry because it's you. You know what I mean? Like, it, they're, they're not angry because it's, like, messy and weird and yeah. all of that. They're angry because you exist. And you know what's actually funny is, like, a lot of people I saw on TikTok, I guess who aren't LGBT, uh, didn't know Jules was trans. They didn't, because, like, I love Jules. I think Jules as a trans character is a great character. I do, too. I think um, that episode, there's a special episode. Oh, be- absolutely Which beautiful. is funny, because then... She wrote it. She wrote it. Okay, here's the funny part. So, <laughs> her name, Hunter? Hunter Schaefer. Hunter Schaefer wrote the episode. Um, But then, there was, like, this whole controversy. I don't know if anyone saw it. Oh, it yeah. happened really quickly and then disappeared really quickly. Yeah, she like commented on a she post supported. that was like blaming non-binary yeah, you, people for exactly. anti-trans legislation. Yeah, and I was like, you wrote this whole entire episode talking about how you did not want your transness to be associated or your transition to be associated with how men see you. But then you you're blaming, non- like you went around and then started blaming non-binary people for anti like, cause, cause people, people say, and she like apologized about it or something, but like her argument is like, I think it's okay for, or at least from what I remember, I can totally be misremembering, but she was like, um, she wasn't trying to blame non-binary people. She was trying to like talk about systemic issues or whatever, but like the original post, she didn't write it. She just like commented in agreement. Yeah. And the original post did in fact blame non-binary people and people who don't medically transition. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like it's fine if if you kind of in a in a you know sometimes we like something on TikTok and then scroll back a minute later and like actually I don't agree with that. Yeah. After you think about I've, it. But I've like taking no accountability and being like, oh sh- like I, you know, I didn't even register or, you know, I was incorrect about this specific part, but this is what I was getting at. I feel like that would be, that's more important than saying like, I did, you know, I, you right. guys are completely wrong about what I said because like, it's, it's clear what you meant. 
Right. Um, and then to get back in Rue and Jewel's relationship, it's a very, like, when it's good, it's a very cute one. When it's... One sec. Yes. Oh, we're good? Oh, great. Awesome. Here, let me um, log, log back in. Sorry, I was thinking you're good. I'm just thinking. I'm just trying to figure out. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Don't Staring wistfully. Yeah, cool. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, back to Rue and Jewel's relationship. It's very complicated. Mm. Because you have, on one hand, you have Rue, who's an addict. Mm-hmm. Who struggles, obviously, with drugs and addiction. And on the other hand, you have Jules, who is trying her best to kind of not be so... Trying her best to kind of be... Like, she struggles a lot with mental health. And I think... Yeah, she gets institutionalized. Right. And I think the whole entire struggle, too, is that Rue kind of... And this is something that a lot of people have talked about, is the fact that Rue kind of uses jewels as a substitution for drugs. And when things go wrong with jewels, she turns back to the drugs. And a lot of it feels like it's on jewels to kind of save Rue. When, you know, obviously it's a lot more nuanced and complicated than that. Um, that's why I said, like, it's a complicated relationship because it's not neat, it's not perfect, it's not, you know, it's not like Heartstopper mm-hmm. where you have these teenagers who are like happily in love. This is a really like dark and gritty story. Sam Levinson is, does not mess around. No. I, I, I gotta say, I feel like there were a lot of Jules haters for season two in particular because of everything with Elliot. Was that his name? Yeah. So uh, I I think, here's the thing, I'm a Jules defender when it comes to this show. Just be, Honestly, just because see, of I'm a Jules defender, her. but I'm an Elliot hater. Oh, Elliot hate, like, okay. He's, you know, he's so hot and charming. and Because he, I think <sighs> Elliot, like, my, my whole, my beef with Elliot was the fact that he knew that Rue was an addict. And just kept giving her. Yeah, and kept giving her drugs. And also, oh my god, okay, so I blame Sam Levinson entirely for this. Jules goes, I am a lesbian. I am no longer interested in being involved with men in that way. And the next episode, she cheats on Rue with a man. And I understand that, like, people who potentially previously identified as bisexual or some, like, maybe there's, there's some sort of message about... Well, and I just no, don't like, think I just don't think Sam Levinson has the. He's a like, straight white guy. He's a straight white guy. <laughs> I don't think he has he has the bandwidth to discuss compet because in yeah because yeah yeah that's that's the word I was looking for Com- like struggling with compet as like someone who thought they were attracted to men but isn't anymore and then she's also very emotionally vulnerable and he takes advantage of her. After after Rue is kind of like shoved to the side because she's going off the deep end, he's starts flirting with Jules after she previously said, I do not want to date men. And he takes advantage of her vulnerability. And it's implied that it's impl- they don't show it, which is funny because honestly, they would show it if it was in season one, but they imply that they sleep together. And then, um, yeah. And then uh, Elliot tells Jules about Rue's like, like the severity of how she's relapsed and then people saying that Jules deserved like the emotional beating that Rue gave to her when she told her mom somebody that she said was... that that was an exercise in 
I was I remember that episode very clearly because I remember crying during that episode because it was so intense. It was really intense. Because I I root for Rue. You're like I'm, like I'm rooting for you, and then for her, to, <laughs> we were all rooting for you. Yeah, it was day. just so like it was. It was a good episode, and somebody said it was an exercise in abolition. How far? What? Yeah, an exercise in abolition, like prison abolition. Uh huh. Because a lot of people who are in prison, prison for like non-offensive drug charges, mm-hmm. um, people who struggle, like it tends to be a lot of people who struggle with addiction. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Rue's speech. Oh no, not Rue's speech. Oh, Rue's I was speech like, is huh? not the episode. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The, episode, okay. the entirety of the like, episode um, is, a, is a is a kind of like. Because I think that's the episode where she runs, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, she, she, like, that runs episode away. is really good, I have to say, in terms of um, how tense is it is. That, she did such a good I job. I think she won, she won an Emmy, yeah. didn't she? Yeah. Because somebody said that was, that, that was an exercise, that was testing. Like, that was Because the mom doesn't want her to go to prison. She wants her right. to get better. Exactly. It was testing. It was testing all of our collective love for Rue, which kind of, sounds kind of silly, but it's true. Like you're rooting for Rue to get better, and every time she falls, it just it hurts your heart all the more. Mm. Even though we knew that she was like relapsing when she got angry at Jules, like it hurts. Like it it, it hurts because you think that they're building this this relationship throughout the last two seasons and they finally come back together and then now like her addiction kind of gets in the way again and it's just like a whole it's a whole entire ordeal very good episode i i honestly okay sam we hate you but that was a good episode um but i i have to like it it really broke my heart how how many like she says the famous thing where it's like you don't like to be loved you like the idea of being loved or something like that I do think that um, Rue Rue was angry. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like, and she, I mean, I feel like people say that's a very realistic portrayal of what happens when someone's so deep into substance abuse. They that like, is true. They 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 do they they do lose that angry. regulation. Um, yeah, but people saying like everything Rue said is correct. Like fuck Jules, she this is her fault, and she you know she told Rue's mom while Elliot is sitting in the room with them. And I'm like... Well, I, I do... I, <laughs> I, it is hard. Because, you know, Jules... Like, not that Jules deserved the verbal abuse, the yeah. verbal beating from Rue, because obviously Rue's angry, but... Doing it right after Doing it right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I, it I is get especially, that. Like, it is especially shitty, too, like, given the fact that, like, Elliot and Rue was right about Elliot. He's a high functioning drug addict, and that was the only reason why, you know, Jules continued still continue to hang out with him, right? Because I think one of the one of the conditions of their relationship was that Rue doesn't touch drugs. But and that's what that's Jules like. People say like because they you know they like rob a drugstore or something for yeah. for beer, and people are like. Why did you know Jules put beer in the back seat and expect Rue not to drink it? And it's like she's under the implication that Rue has been clean for like a really long time. It is. It is a, like I said. That episode is very difficult because it is a very difficult conversation. Yeah, for have. sure. But it's like I and I hate relationship... people's like hard and fast. Oh, like yeah. Rue was correct. Jules is wrong. Like that's, I don't think that's... Jules was wrong. I do think Jules was wrong for cheating for sure. Oh yeah, Jules <laughs> was definitely great. wrong in 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 that regard. But mm-hmm. also, I don't think she deserved. 
I don't think he deserves all the smoke. I really think it's Elliot who does. I'm sorry. Did you remember that three minutes of singing? Oh, my God. I was going to mention that. Like, Honestly, and then they released it. Oh, my, my that God. That was, like, my like my beef. Elliot's like, song. I'm an Elliot hater. Number one Elliot hater. Like, I'm not a Jew. If every other hater is dead, I... If every other... <laughs> if there's one hater, it's me. And if there's no haters, I'm dead. Like... Um, in the last few minutes, let's transition to The Last of Us. Oh, yes. So um, that way, you know, we can... Touch on it. It's actually The Last of Us 2 specifically. Because I don't think in the first one it's not really mentioned. Yeah, so the first one, it's like the most beautiful father-daughter relationship you've seen in a video game before, obviously. The set, but there's the DLC uh, left behind, which goes into... By the way, if you are watching the HBO show, we are going to spoil some shit. Yeah, if you have not played the game... And you want to watch the show with no spoilers? You know what? No, the game has been out for a while. It's been out since 2013, but spoiler alert. Because you're Um, watching the show on HBO Max. (laughs) Yeah, but um, in the DLC, we get to see the day that Ellie got bitten. Um, and she is with this girl who also goes to, like, the military school. Because Ellie was born after the apocalypse happened. Um, so she was immediately put into, like, a mili- U.S. military school. And she sneaks out with another girl named Riley, who I think is either the daughter of Marlene or is, like, somehow connected to Marlene. And they both get, they, they kiss. Like, they, they have oh, a beautiful yeah, they day do. together. They, they do, go on a wow. carousel. And, and then they both get bitten. And they're both, they both are resigned to dying together and then Ellie survives. Um, and she brings that trauma into her story with Joel. And like in the first episode of the HBO Max show, um, Marlene says like, Ellie calls Marlene a terrorist because she's with the Fireflies, which is like the rebel organization. And she goes, was Riley a terrorist? And because Riley ended up like she was working with Marlene. Um, and but that's kind of a dilemma in the second game, too. Yeah. Because it continues, like, continuity, they continue that when Ellie grows up. And mm-hmm. she's going on this journey with Dina. Yes, Dina is her. She Dina is bisexual in the game, which is cool. Yes. She dates Jesse and actually has his child, but she is in a ends up being in a committed relationship with Ellie, who is canonically a lesbian. And it's funny, I saw someone mention it. They're, they're in Seattle, and... Um, I've been to Seattle quite a few times. It's the first place my parents moved when they moved to America. And it's so funny because Capitol Hill is where they are. It's like the queer district in Seattle. And them going through in the game, I'm like, oh, I know what that store is. And like, look at all the... But uh, in the game, Ellie doesn't recognize what a rainbow flag is. Because she right. was born this during is, the apocalypse. Right. This, is a, this is a completely different universe. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's that's another thing, too. Like I mentioned with The Walking Dead, like Ellie's allowed to be queer, but there is still prevalent homophobia from the people who existed in the old world. Like, she gets called the D-slur by, like, an old guy at, a da- at, at uh, oh, the yeah. dance in the town. Yeah. She goes, he's like, oh, just what we need, another loudmouth D-slur. Yeah. Um, and then Joel goes to beat the shit out of him, and Ellie actually gets angry at Joel for standing up for her in that way, because she feels like she can take care of herself, and that's kind of the argument that gets them into that, plus the whole revealing that Joel uh, killed everyone and they can't make the cure and that was her whole purpose like that whole thing um, it, but that it, was like kind of one of their last arguments before right. Joel's death and then um, it, it kind of that that trauma really continues into their relationship because the relationship is also pretty messy it's yeah. not clean it's it's messy you know she has to deal with the fact that because Dina's pregnant too. Dina's pregnant and she has the baby and, and they reunite near the end of the game when Ellie has like killed like all of Abby's friends, like everybody. 
And she goes back to Dina and Dina's like, I need you to stay with me. Like, we have a child. We need to move past this. Tommy, who is Joel's brother, is in danger. He's really hurt. He got shot. Like, we, you need to let this go. And uh, Ellie chooses revenge over Dina. Oh, yeah, and Dina that was, leaves. That was, that's really sad. That was like, that hurt me personally. I yeah. was like, no, you mean I can't do? And I saw, yeah, I know. And I, I saw, um, I've been seeing a lot of um, Abby defenders on my For You page, which I appreciate because when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, fuck Abby. But when you think about it more, it's it is like, a re- it's a really hard moral dilemma. It's, uh, it's Abby. I, I saw this metaphor that after Joel's death, Ellie took on all of his worst traits and Abby took on all of his best traits. So she actually recreates the story of Joel and Ellie, like a father figure helping a child figure with uh, Lev, who is actually a trans masculine character in the game. So uh, like even the parallels of like um, in the very end when they're uh, like Lev and um, Abby have been tortured by some other sect in the game. Um, and and the way that Abby picks up Lev's body perfectly parallels when Joel did that to Ellie in the hospital. Like, it's very purposeful. And that's mm-hmm. why you play as Abby is because, you know, you're supposed to real. And it's it's still very hard because you saw her kill Joel with the golf club. Um, but you're supposed to realize that, like, this is the same story you went through the first time. Right. Um but I have to say, Lev, I really like, as first of all, barely any trans masculine representation in anything, right? Mm-hmm. So like seeing that, because everyone was like, knew that there was a trans character and the playthroughs I was watching, I watched people like stream it. People thought that Abby was trans because she was muscular. Mm-hmm. And then Lev comes up, who actually has an explicit trans storyline. He like, um, he sh- he's a part of like, uh, very. I think it's either religious or like very... Um, tradition-based kind of sect where the women have long braids and the men have shaved heads and he shaves his head and he gets uh he either runs away or he's or he's exiled mm-hmm. um and he meets abby who is the enemy of that group and abby takes him in um quite unfortunate because we're gonna have to end our conversation yeah and it got really good oh we should have ah. started with the we should started with the last of us yeah um, are there any people out there i don't see anyone we could if you can stay for we can finish up and then uh yeah let's finish you. up real quick and let's uh but yeah i don't want to i don't want to keep anyone past past too long but yeah i just lev is and lev is such a small character too it's just like a support character but i think just the fact of him being trans like obviously didn't have to happen but it, it's a beautiful part of his of his story um hopefully we get more of that in the oh, video yeah. game i i really am excited to see especially with the new generation of queer folks you know what we get in terms of art and video games but yeah yeah and we were going to talk about things like hannibal and um you had canon arthur morgan from red Dead yeah, redemption okay. but we can uh honestly we can do a part two of this yeah why not um so yeah if you enjoyed press the like button smash that subscribe button um <laughs> Uh, and also, I realize if you watch, if you're listening to this on Spotify, rate our podcast, and then that like kind of boosts it to other people. So yeah, if please, you like please, it, please yeah. rate, please like us on uh, YouTube. But uh, yeah, so I guess any last thoughts, and then I'll do our little spiel at the end. Nope, that is it. Awesome. Okay, so you can follow uh, us outright on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Outright News Mag. Uh, you can check out all of our online articles. We post twice a week. On our website, outrightnewsmac.com. 
mag.org. That's right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. Um, I have been Christopher. And I've been Judah. And we will see you next Thursday for our next installment of Speak Out. Goodbye.